0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 7 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Only on Hulu.
0: Friday.
2: Look at us. All together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots!
3: Shots! Yes!
0: That's this lord Friday. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage.
2: Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos.
4: Who does that? Vacation Friends 2. Rated R. Streaming only on Hulu. Friday.
0: On guys, thanks for tuning in to
1: another episode of the gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez. This evening I'm joined by Matt Llewellyn and our guy Mike Andrews, nothing but Niners. We appreciate you guys hanging in there. I know we're a couple minutes late, technical difficulties as always, but we got it all situated. Uh, if you're tuning in on Twitter, head over to youtube.com slash 49ershive. Join from there, hit like and subscribe while you're there. We can actually see and interact with your comments from YouTube, we cannot from Twitter. So, with that said, I'm gonna throw it over to my supporting cast here matt how you doing this evening
5: i'm doing pretty good zach um fired up a ribeye on the grill had some good eating went to a baseball game today didn't turn out the way i wanted it to but it's always nice to get out to the ballpark so i can't complain
1: yeah that's right man you're at like every baseball game i'm sure it's nice
5: today was game number 20 for me this season
1: all right yeah like spying danger says hit the like button guys it really does help we appreciate it mike how you doing this sunday night
2: I am great, man. Uh, My Phillies got the win. I just found that out like 20 seconds ago. (laughs) And, uh, you know, everything is good, man. Got to see some family today. Got to stop by and see my mom and my baby brother and uh, my niece and my nephew, my sister-in-law. So it's a good day. Very, very good day for me. All right. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: Um, I hit the gym this morning went a little grocery shopping, and then rearranged our living room completely. So that's always fun. Hadn't rearranged it since we moved in. So, all right, guys. We got a pretty fun show for you guys planned this evening. First off, there was a report that came out regarding Jimmy Garoppolo and him returning to throwing soon. Mike, I'm going to throw it back to you. I'll pull up the report um, while you're you're discussing this, but – are we finally going to see this trade once he's fully healthy enough to throw? Has that been the thing that's holding this situation up?
2: You know, I I don't think it's just about the trade. I honestly think, I mean, uh, not about the throwing. I think it's about the throwing and then the team actually having a real need. Uh, The physical obviously is a big part of it, right? I would say like, like 75% part of it. Right. But these teams are all well-connected. They all know what the injury was. They know what the surgery was. All the teams, any team that was gonna be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna know what his timetable to return would be. So I don't think that really prevented anything from happening. I think it kind of was let's not do it now, let's see what our other options are. Now we have we have we have the supply, we gotta find the demand right now. I think that's really what it's gonna come down to.
1: Okay, I see that. Um So here's the report here from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. This was yesterday morning. He tweeted, San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo remains on schedule and he's recovery from shoulder surgery and timetable for for throwing per source. The expectation has been Garoppolo will throw over the next few weeks, early July per Kyle Shanahan, and that plan is still in place. Matt, from a medical perspective, does that timeline sound about right? Are the 49ers rushing anything or is that right on par, would you say?
5: That's where they had it pegged, so it's not surprising to me. Um, they were saying, you know, end of June, early July. That seems like what it's going to be. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised by this at all. And, you know, it's actually there's potential here for this timing to work out really well for the 49ers, given other reports. Um, Seattle is, is rumored to be, you know, really after Baker Mayfield that would create a spot on the Browns with their messy situation at court quarterback. Um, And it could open up Jimmy Garoppolo because of his less salary and the specter of a certain quarterback potentially being suspended indefinitely. Where if Jimmy is willing to rework his deal at a year, something that would take the Browns out of the cap this year or, or front load or whatever, whatever they need to do, right? Say Seattle takes half of Baker's contract. They have, you know, some some areas to where they can fit Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster as a stand-in, as a bridge, right, while their other quarterback serves his suspension and potentially comes back. This timing could work out well for the 49ers, but it's up to Jimmy Garoppolo to really show that the shoulder is sound, that he's going to be able to make the fluttering duck throws that he throws anyways, and that he's going to be the same old Jimmy Garoppolo that some people know and only fewer love, so... We'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, Very well said. But yes, this whole situation has just
1: been brewing perfectly. Mike, what's up? What do you got on your mind?
2: Are the rounds really an option for Jimmy? Like for real? For real? They have Jacoby Brissett, right? They still okay, but I mean, Jimmy's better than Jacoby Brissett, though. That that is true, right? But all right, let me let me all right, let me ask this. Right now, I do like what you said because you were very specific. And if if they keep half of Baker's. Salary, right? So I
5: understand that's that. part. That's the huge thing. They need somebody to take on some of Baker because Baker's salary
2: is guaranteed. It's his fifth year, so the whole thing's guaranteed. Right. right. And so, if that were to be the case, I, I, Seattle's not hurting for cap space. They got rid of Russell completely, so they have the cap space to take all of Baker's salary and even rework hey. a deal if he if that's the place that he's going to land.
5: And in. you could see the pain in Pete Carroll's eyes when he said, "Man, Geno Smith is actually ahead in the quarterback battle." <laughs> Right, he's no, looking no. at Baker Mayfield going like, dang, maybe we just pay half his salary because Baker is definitely an upgrade over those two. I, right. like, I know people aren't super high on Baker Mayfield, but he's like a replacement-level starter in the NFL where the other two are
2: clearly backups. Yes. So let's just say that happens, right? The Browns now have Brissett. I, th- I don't know exactly what he's making right now. Then they obviously have this massive contract with uh, Deshaun Watson. If you're Jimmy... Are you going somewhere that you know it's only to serve a purpose during his suspension? I, I don't think his agent even thinks to agree to something like that. If I'm Jimmy, I'd rather be the guy in Seattle. Right. But
5: here's the thing. If if Seattle trades for Baker Mayfield, the Browns are going to have a need at quarterback. Right. That That's because you can't. You have to go into that locker room, and let's let's make no bones about it. Yeah, no Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, gone, whatever, whatever. But the Browns are still a, an incredibly talented roster, and you have to walk in there in training camp and be like, "Man, we really can get this done with Jacoby Brissett." And then you have to sell that to your players. Whereas, if you do get rid of Baker Mayfield, who which they have to at this point, there's no mending that that bridge. That that thing's been blown to smithereens. You you need to bring in somebody with cachet. And, you know, it's one thing to see, oh, God, Jimmy, like, you know, we, we're in the thick of it, right? Our eyes are on it all the time. But it, it's kind of like an inverse of the Trey Lance narrative, right? Oh, Trey Lance, he had to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. He can't get it done, whatever, 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 right? In the national media, does Jimmy look a little better than he does to our keen eye because we've been watching him game in and game out over and over and over I think you can sell the locker room more on Jimmy Garoppolo than you can Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy can use this as, Hey, I'm going to get my 24.2 million. I'm going to get the whole thing. I don't have to settle that. I don't have to get cut where I'm not going to get that. I can get my 24.2, and I can use it as an audition for my free agency, where then I can choose to go somewhere. And the Browns are a team that's talented enough to hide some of the uh, blemishes that comes with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. I think that would be the best situation for him at this point, in my honest opinion.
1: Let let me, let me get in there too. Cause I agree with you, Matt. And I also think if you're Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent, I forget his name. You're sitting there looking at both of these situations. It's, uh, it's Don Yee. Don Yee. There you go. Yeah. Um, you're looking at both of these situations and you're thinking, which situation would I be able to, not even necessarily thriving, but just surviving for one year to then maybe I could buy myself another positive year going into a year where I can then become a free agent and then select where I want to go from there. If I get released, whatever the case may be, you know, I don't think Seattle out of the two is going to have the surrounding cast like Matt talked about Cleveland having to make Jimmy Garoppolo look good enough to therefore next offseason go into a team and say hey look what i just did you guys said it was kyle shanahan i didn't have only debo sam and george kittle well i did it with the second team if he goes to seattle that's out of the window that's not going to happen anywhere but if he goes to cleveland that's still a possibility he could still have a good surrounding cast and say hey i did this with two separate teams now let me get a chance to start for you here's what i want yada 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 so
5: i agree with you matt and 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 here's the other thing too if don yee and 49ers throwback, thanks for the Superbat, $2. Matt, nobody wants to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million. Yeah, but the Browns don't want to go in that locker room and have to try to sell that team on Jacoby Brissett when they can say, here's Jimmy Garoppolo. But um, I'll, I'll let you jump in in a second. For Jimmy Garoppolo, if Don Yee is being honest with his client, Jimmy Garoppolo needs to look at this like he's in Ryan Fitzpatrick territory where Ryan Fitzpatrick did get paid a contract to be a starter. It didn't work out, but he was able to transition it into enough moments to get him that next one year contract, that next two year contract. And this is where Jimmy Garoppolo needs to live right now. That's, you know, like the, like the movie hitch, this is you from here to here. That's it. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick 2.0 now. Okay. That, that's how he has to look at it. And, Yes, maybe that's a hard thing for somebody to swallow, but for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's like, do you want to have a career where you're getting contracts and you have an opportunity as a bridge guy to get those games that Ryan Fitzpatrick always seemed to get? Or are you going to be a guy that just fades away and nobody wants to sign because you're not willing to do what it takes to keep yourself in the league? That's going to be a conversation between Jimmy and his agent. It's going to be interesting, but I, I still think the Browns are the best spot for him.
2: All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss the Panthers in in the ring here as the best spot for him. But even prior to that, though, to to get back to this, uh, we talked about uh, the Browns eating some of Mayfield's contract, right? Are the Niners asked to eat any of Jimmy's contract if he's not willing to restructure or renegotiate? And if so, how much are you willing to eat? Because anything that we eat, the rest of it is cap space let's be let's be very clear here the rest of it would be cap space so what are your guys thoughts i saw matt with the emphatic no like Hell. no, like, no because here's the thing
5: this is all predicated on seattle trading for baker mayfield right this is what we're talking about if seattle trades for baker mayfield then jimmy is off the table for seattle and the rest of the nfc west is covered in quarterbacks the 49ers would have no problem just cutting them at that point There's no incentive to keep Jimmy Garoppolo if you're not worried about him going to a division rival. And I think that Seattle having such a tenuous quarterback room right now, such an underwhelming quarterback room is the reason why the 49ers are kind of hanging on and and why this Baker thing gets really interesting if Seattle does trade for him, because that allows them the flexibility to because does anybody care if Jimmy goes to the Panthers? They're not a playoff team. They're not very talented. He's not going to do anything there. If he does go to Cleveland, that's in the AFC. You would only see them in the Super Bowl. And if you're in the Super Bowl, then you're in the Super Bowl. And Trey Lance has obviously been a success at that point. You don't care anymore. So with if Baker does go to Seattle, that moves more leverage towards the 49ers to be able to do, maybe not leverage, but flexibility to do what you want with Jimmy Garoppolo and not have to worry about him landing in a spot where he can necessarily hurt you at any given moment.
1: I'll jump in here. Um, Free stop niner 49ers. Can we stop taking acid and realistically be honest? Jimmy is a cut. Why would we pay one penny to Jimmy? He's still valuable around the NFL, although he might not be valuable enough to start on the 49ers. If he had a reasonable contract, I don't doubt that the 49ers would keep him as a backup because you don't just give those players up, but they cannot afford to keep him while simultaneously transitioning to Trey Lance, just from an, economical standpoint, not even to mention all of the other, you know, locker room issues and all the other signals you're sending financially speaking, it wouldn't make sense, but he's still valuable enough for another right. team to be willing to pay. And
5: actually we addressed this and um, there was an athletic article where um, I think it was Matt Barrows and David Lombardi were going over the 49ers mm-hmm. roster and I brought it up and I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and me and Mike were exactly on the same page, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the week one roster, that 24.2, it's for the season that's that's going to be his number that's his base salary if he's on the roster week one so they 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 have to make a move before week one if they're gonna so i i think if he's not tradable then he's he's gonna be cut
1: we'll see man we'll see It's it's been crazy um yeah also the contract they gave to sudfeld just that should signal all you need to know how they feel about this quarterback room going into the situation um
5: yeah, hit like your I mean, Cowboys like fan argument, though, because if the argument is some people are saying, well, they can keep Jimmy at 24 or they could cut Jimmy at 24. What's the difference between them keeping Sudfeld at two and cutting him at two? Like, you're, you know what I mean? Like if they decide to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And they're comfortable. Like they've said, if for whatever reason, they're like, all right, well, we can't just give Jimmy away. And they really feel that way. And they keep Jimmy Garoppolo they can cut Nate Sudfeld and just eat the $2 million. Like 2 million is nothing in terms of salary cap. If they are deciding like, you know, if Mike thinks, Hey, they're not going to cut him. And it turns out that they don't end up cutting him and they're going to carry that 24, two, they're not going to keep Sudfeld as the third. I mean, nobody's going to pick him up on the practice squad anyway. That's already been shown. So he's just gonna, he's just going to sit there and get paid $2 million
2: to kind of, you know, just stay ready, I guess. And to that there was a comment that we clicked on a couple seconds ago, that freak stomp 49er. Uh, that's not true. John Lynch and Kyle have both come out and said that teams were definitely interested, but as soon as he got the surgery, the talks completely halted. Teams were interested and a healthy Jimmy does have a value in the NFL. I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you guys about my personal thoughts on whether or not he gets cut, but teams are interested. A quarterback is hard to find in this league. So, I promise you that there will be someone interested once he's healthy. It's just about the right price, right? Like I would love a Mercedes, but I'm not going to get a Mercedes when I have four kids here and I'm trying to buy a dog. That's going to weigh 260 pounds. Like I I don't have enough to go around. You know what I'm saying? It's about the, the want is one thing. And then the, the cost and everything else that the details of the deal are what's going to really, really play, play the difference.
5: Okay, this made the show, so Frank, stop 49er. I guess we can't hold you to it because we don't know who you are, but you should definitely hold yourself to that if that
2: happens. We got to find out if this guy has a Twitter.
5: Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Somebody get on it. Um, right. No, so so I agree with you, Mike, in that it is an opportunity cost, and I also agree that there's definitely going to be interest for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, how long did uh, Marcus Mariota sit on the bench in Las Vegas. How many years did he do that? And he still got paid. I think he got a two-year 24 million dollar deal from Atlanta to be their starter. Um,
2: and that's a guy that hasn't played in a couple years. And to your point, look at how terrible Mitch Trubisky was. He sits out for a whole year and all of a sudden people are like, Oh shit, he I'm sorry, shoot. He's the it's answer fine, over fine. there in, in Pittsburgh. 17 in, part? brother. You can cuss it up. <laughs> okay, like in Pittsburgh, like that's your answer. Mitchell Trubisky. I would not be surprised if they were interested in Jimmy, if he became available, I'm telling you that there is a market for him. If Jimmy I was think, a free agent, how many teams do you honestly think it would be like, Hey, yeah, I think,
5: I think Pittsburgh is out of the quarterback market simply by nature of drafting uh baby hands at number 20. And I like Kenny Pickett. I think he's like a talented player, but yeah. And that fake slide pissed people off, but that was pretty, that was a pretty sweet move, but he's got tiny baby hands and, you can't tell me that he got to see Miles Garrett twice a year and he ain't going to
2: fumble the ball because he definitely is. Did the fake slide like move him up people's draft board like to show the intelligence and, and, and like situational awareness? Because I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest college football guy, but that's when he came on my radar as a quarterback.
5: And let's listen. If you do a move and then they make a rule banning your move, that move was
2: sick. And they did it that week. It wasn't like at the end of the season, we're going to fix this. They were like, oh, hell no, this cannot happen again. That was pretty cool.
1: So I think all in all, we all agree by one way or another. Jimmy Garoppolo will not be on the 49ers roster come week one of the season,
5: correct? I, I agree with that. I just think that it's really interesting timing with what's coming up. I think that if this goes. To plan or to what is being speculated, and Baker goes to Seattle, I think that we could see Jimmy being moved, and it's a perfect time for Jimmy to get out there. And who knows? I mean, conspiracy theory, right? Tinfoil hat moment. Maybe Don Yee's like, "Hey, how do you feel?" Because if if Se- I'm hearing Seattle wants Baker. You should get out there and show that you're healthy, so that somebody's going to make a move for you. Wink, wink, nod, nod as the Watson decision is going to come out and it's looking like that they're going to sp- suspend him for at least a year. So there's an opportunity, there's a platform for you to make an impression, maybe not necessarily for the Browns, but for the next team. And that's something that's important because that, look at Indianapolis, how, how much longer is Matt Ryan going to play? And, and Chris Ballard has shown that he's not opposed to opening up you know, the the pocketbook to get a established veteran into the team to kind of lead that team, right? He did it with Phillip Rivers. He's now doing it with Matt Ryan. Who's to say Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't be next? And there are, there are a handful of those situations out in the league that Jimmy Garoppolo could potentially be auditioning for. So it'll be interesting to see. So I pulled this up. I was searching for
1: Baker May. Uh, excuse me, Deshaun Watson. I was trying to get, there was a, a report that came out, but this came up. Um, not too long ago at 830 this morning um, for Michael Balco Jr. I'm hearing that the Seahawks and Browns are nearing a trade agreement that would send quarterback Baker Mayfield to Seattle.
5: Look at Take that first comment, assault. bro. Look at that first comment. I can only read half of it and it already looks dumb.
1: I don't see the point in this. You're downgrading from Drew Locke and also taking yourself out of a talented quarterback draft class.
2: Downgrading experience. from Drew Locke. You got to be kidding me. The guy can. in my life, can you hear yeah. me? Yeah. This guy, he contradicts himself in the comment. I don't see the point in this you're downgrading from drew lock. That means that he thinks drew lock is better. Right. Right. And then he says, and
5: then he says, you're taking yourself out of the running and it's like, well, if he's worse then you, that would actually be better for you.
2: Exactly. So it, it the guy didn't even believe what he was saying. He just wanted to comment and, and, and say something. So,
5: the, uh, Listen, public service announcement, everybody in here, like don't, obviously don't go after this guy or anything like that. We're just pointing it out. Cause it's kind of funny, but PSA take five seconds to read your stuff and see if it makes sense before you hit send. This just Twitter rules, yeah. man. We got, we just got to do it.
1: You should, Twitter should automatically read your tweet back to you before you hit send. Are you sure you want to say this?
2: Yeah. They have a um the Twitter, what is it called? Twitter blue or something like that. that uh-huh. You pay for. And when you hit send, it shows you like a 10 second timer and you, you can like edit it or stop it or whatever. So, uh if people are gonna tweet like that they should i think um
5: tweet. ios 16 is coming out with a feature where you can like recall text messages and mm-hmm. i think that that's gonna be something that happens with twitter especially if like you know the the sale to to elon musk goes through i think there's going to be some changes to the platform i've always wanted a twitter edit button i'm tired of seeing ian rapaport put something it pops up on my notifications and then i go click on it it's like tweets deleted and then i get another another notification just because he fixed his typo yeah. like let's not do that guys yeah. Give us an edit option,
1: also, I think the sale did go through. I think I heard last week that it was unanimously approved by the board. and I think that was the final step. So
2: shout out Elon Musk. I thought he pulled I thought he pulled out because he wanted the proof of how many were actually bought He said they, they gave, gave it to the him data though mm-hmm. oh, so he he yeah. went back in and, and, yeah so
5: 43 yeah.
2: Years. they were like, oh,
5: we better get while the getting's good, so let's give him yeah. the data.
2: Can you imagine just being around, like, you know, you guys are gonna try to block me? i'm gonna buy your whole damn platform it honestly 30. wasn't no. even something classic, i thought about it's the
5: classic batman thing though right like if if you ever seen uh batman begins or whatever where he's like hey you're you know the waiter comes up to him and is like hey um are they with you they can't go swimming in the pool and he's like eh, yeah they can i'm changing the rules i'm buying this hotel that's what that move is right there
2: it's yeah yeah it's pretty boss i'm not gonna lie like so the guy i'm sorry this is not my platform but so the company that uh went and headhunted me, right? So I'm in there now and I heard this story about the owner and I haven't had the balls to ask him yet, but he he finds this girl that he likes. They end up getting married. She works at this pharmacy, right? So on their anniversary, he presents her with this gift. It's a, it's a deed. He bought the pharmacy and she was like, why'd you do this? He was like, because I don't want my wife working for another man. Like that is some great, like just, just like, that's an ego thing but the fact that you had the the wherewithal and the money to do it just because like i don't know that's that's some bullshit
5: dang and i thought buying a lady a star named after it was pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) um i want to put this back up i don't know if you guys saw this and i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but there's an alex rollins video on youtube where he talks about Denver might struggle because Russell Wilson is like a one style one system quarterback or whatever. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I usually like Alex Rollins, breakdowns. He's really good. Pretty good job. So um, it
2: maybe check it out. I don't know. So this is a, a prediction piece, right? So yes, Russell Wilson is a one system quarterback, but only because he's a franchise guy and they don't typically move around. It's not saying that Russell Wilson can't adapt because what they did in Oregon and in West Virginia, is not the same as what they did in Seattle. So he's already shown that he can play well in multiple systems, right?
6: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast, indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
5: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale
3: to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews.
5: I, yeah, I was just bringing it up. I just think it's like, there you go. That's That's the one. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just something that could be interesting because he does do, you know, it's the opposite of our, our favorite, um, guy, you know, that one guy, I don't want to name his name. I don't want to give him any more pub. He, he likes a certain tight end from new England. Um, it's the opposite where Rollins actually breaks down film rather than just say he broke down film and then give you an opinion on it. Right. He, you know, that that guy doesn't show any film at all. He just goes, this is what happened. This is what I saw. But he doesn't walk you through it. He It's not like Alex Rollins, who does it. Um, uh, dang, I'm forgetting his name. J.T. O'Sullivan, who I think is phenomenal at doing it. Right. There, there's a lot of these guys that are great at doing it. And, and so Alex Rollins is a guy that I take a great interest in his videos. I just saw the comment and want to throw that out there for anybody who is interested. Not that I have an opinion one way or another. I haven't watched it yet.
1: He He's really good. Um, when we, gosh, I want to say last year, two years ago, we sat down. He had just had throat surgery. He was supposed to come on the podcast, but he just had throat surgery. So we did like an, a written interview, and he's he's super knowledgeable, really cool dude. Go go check him out on YouTube if you guys haven't already. Um, okay, so Freak stop 49 er if Watson gets suspended for six to eight games, won't be surprised. I think the last report that came out was the NFL. Players. I would
5: be surprised. The NFL shooting for a year. Internet. Yeah yeah a year if not indefinite for indefinite so Um, there's definitely a need they would negotiate to a year yeah and i think they'd be
1: rightfully so to do it um it's just such a crazy situation i can't think of anything that's even similar to it to compare um like from a perception and legal standpoint the ray rice is like the closest situation that comes to me and there was not even i don't they suspended him and then after that they every team was just like we want nothing to do with him
2: the difference is ray rice committed a crime i i i know i say this a lot i still haven't seen anything illegal he made some people uncomfortable right but i haven't seen anything illegal that just showing what now last time we said this on the show you guys said that no there's a new claim or something like that but i haven't seen that um like was that one of the girls that that settled you get what i'm saying like i haven't seen him be convicted or anything proven that he actually did something illegal so we don't like the fact that you had this many masseuse masseuses what whatever the plural is for masseuse right but we don't like that you did that we don't like that this many people said you were uncomfortable we have to do something otherwise the the feet the the woman support of the nfl is gonna really really do something to us Guys, I'm thinking it's gonna be six to eight games. Um, I don't I don't think it's gonna be a whole yeah. I really, really don't. I really don't.
1: No way.
5: I don't I don't see how. I, yeah. I don't I, see if, how. If I was going to Vegas, I would place bets on that. If Vegas gave me six to eight games, I'd take the over. Easy. Um I and I get it, he hasn't committed a crime per se. He hasn't been convicted of a crime. Wait, wait. But there's wait. something to be said.
2: No, 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 no. It's
5: not Michael, one side ass on
2: the show. Come on. What does that even I mean? Jay, what did I do to you, bro? I I love the hate. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, guys. I'm I am so sorry. Like, imagine think, telling I, I, that to
1: someone. Your your ass only has
2: one side to it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have two cheeks, like everyone else, or like most people. So what 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 one sided ass did I have? I think I'm a yeah. very uh, like open mind. Yeah, like I, I think I'm easily swayed on. Th- I'll say one thing, and then Matt will start talking. Like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I can see that. It happens all the time on here on here just because i'm the only one on nothing but niners now it seems like i'm one-sided because i don't have an a a versed opinion you know what i'm saying like
5: yeah let me hold on I'm gonna get to this shit um but real quick (laughs) um no like there's something to be said for being off-put by somebody that just comes across as a fucking creep and i think that's where we're at now and i think that there needs to be a statement made about that because whether or not a crime has been committed like that's a lot of fucking smoke, do you know what I mean like twenty six like one, two, right, maybe a misunderstanding twenty six is like bro, do you just stare at girls in the gym too like my you know you know what issue, I, it just comes across as like weird and creepy, and we all know that person that's a little inappropriate and weird and creepy, and it's just it makes your skin crawl a little bit, and I think that they need to make a statement
2: my my biggest issue with this whole thing is the lawyer representing the victims, right? And I am saying victims for a reason, right? But this guy, Tony Busby, is a fucking, he's a creep. This guy like prides himself on, like in his, his profile, over $1 billion awarded in settlements. Like this is just what he does. So what happens is he says, how did you become a client of Deshaun Watson's? And she says, he reached out to me through this. So then now he reaches out to them. I have a subpoena. I need to know everyone that you sent to Deshaun Watson. Then he contacts them and says, "Hey, I got a case here. This woman says she's uncomfortable. This is going to be big. This is an opportunity for you to, you know, one make a name for yourself, get some justice if you feel like whatever, whatever." And these women say, "Oh, well, yeah, if she's going to do it, then I can do it." Like I, I've seen both sides of it. Like this isn't this isn't a Ben Roethlisberger thing. This is a, this is really oh, different. From it all.
5: And I agree with you too because you know I think the lawyer's a creep as well. And that's why I think the NFL is just like, all right, let's just brush our hands of this whole thing and just kind of get, you know, I don't know. It's weird. So anyway, I wanted to
1: pull oh, this up real to quick. This,
5: up back. Uh, this is I'm, just because
1: Mike, just because Mike weird. was talking about it. I do think that they're at least accusing him of committing a crime because one of the last.
5: Yeah, but the minute the grand jury didn't indict him is that is the point where the crime aspect of it is gone. And now it's just culpability for being like a creep.
1: So it is just a really weird situation. Again, I can't imagine that he gets suspended for less than a year. Like Matt said, they're probably going to aim for indefinite and then drop it down, negotiate. I don't know. But there's the whole point of this conversation is that Cleveland needs a quarterback. Baker Mayfield will not play another snap for them. So that's where Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. (laughs)
5: Okay, now back to this. What do we talk about here? Top 10 basketball player or top 10 most important player? Because those are two different things, and it's top 10 in one category and not top 10 in the other. He is not one of the top 10 best basketball players to ever play the game. That's ludicrous. You get out of here with that. I can name you – dude, I can name you 15 or 20 players that are better overall basketball players. Steph Curry doesn't really play defense. Now, if you want to talk about importance to the game – He's a revolution. He's the best shooter the game's ever seen. He's made. You can even say he's 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 a a top shooter to do. You know what I mean? But in terms of overall basketball players, I I don't even want to say I'm not gonna. I don't want to call out anybody by name. But somebody insinuated that, give another four or five years, that Steph Curry would be a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant. And I'm saying, prime Kobe would make Steph Curry cry. Prime Kobe would lock Steph like easy. Easy. Prime Jordan would lock Steph, right? Uh, there, there's, I mean, come on, man. Let's. We went,
1: we actually just went over this discussion in our group chat this past week. Yeah. And to just get in the top 10, you have to be basically the LeBron James or Kobe Bryant because the NBA has been around for so long and there's been so many great players as good as Steph Curry is. And I'm as big of a Steph Curry fan as there is out there. I just don't see it possible. If he wins another three championships and another three finals MVPs, maybe. But right now, I think a s- top 20 to 15 is perfectly fine. And that's no disrespect to Steph Curry whatsoever. There's just so many great no. players. It's really hard to try and put Steph L- in the top 10. Like I said, he's players. one of the
5: most important people to ever play the game because of what he did for the game in terms of revolutionizing the way that it's played. You know, he's made a lot of things really popular because he's more like, and this is really weird because when you think about it, Steph Curry is like a six foot three dude, which is like, you know, tall for the average person, but short for the NBA. So he becomes this beacon of like the everyman, right? Like, oh man, you know, you, you watch Vince Carter or LeBron James or a Michael Jordan go out there and just do these ludicrous dunks. And you're like, I could never do that. But then you see Steph Curry take these off balance threes and you're like, I might be able to do that. Let me go practice that. And it generates interest in the game, which I think is is really good. But I mean, listen, if Steph Curry played in the '80s, he would get hand checked to oblivion, right? Like, imagine, imagine Steph Curry playing in the '90s, even, right? And he has to go up against Scottie Pippen,
2: or they would put Dennis Rodman on him on that team, like, they, right, they right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they Dennis Rodman was responsible for locking down and making the best shooters uncomfortable. Like, it's just, it's, it's not the same. And Steph Curry is probably him and Ray Allen. I go back and forth between all, I try not to have this recency bias, but as far as best pure shooters I've ever seen, those two, you can't go wrong with naming either one of them number one and putting the other guy at number two, right? But the best player, it it encompasses all of basketball, not just how far away you can shoot and your percentage still be 33%. That, that's, that's not what makes the best player. I'm sorry. Right. right. And and, and I love you, Steph Curry. You're, you're, you're,
5: I love Steph Curry, too. And I think that he's and I'm not denying that he's not a great player. He is a great player, but I've never seen Steph Curry actually slap the floor and lock somebody at best. He's shading him to help. He's shading him to Draymond, Right. Like he's not locking anybody down. He's not he's not doing the Michael Jordan thing where you can average 35 points a game in a season and get 200 steals and 100 blocks and win the MVP and defensive player of the year and win the scoring title. He's not doing any of that stuff. Talk your shit,
2: Matt. You know what I'm
5: saying? Listen, Michael Jordan's a GOAT to me. He will always be the GOAT, like, until somebody knocks my socks off. Because Michael Jordan was just a different dude. But, you know, that being said, you know, I don't want to carry on too long about this basketball stuff. But he is one of the, I would say, top three to five in terms of importance to the game of basketball. But as a pure basketball player, he's not top ten.
1: All right. With that said, we're going to leave the basketball discussion there. Um, Melissa, we'll get to tight end you in a bit. Trust me, I will. I'll get I'm not going to forget about this comment. Um, All right. So moving on, Debo Samuel. And I, 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 I maybe I'm wrong here, but I thought this was a little interesting, the timing of this, because the report came out that basically said nothing's changed. And this was from Jeremy Fowler. And, of course, everyone's like, oh, my God, this is huge. And Jeremy Fowler just tweeted, you know, hey, by the way, Debo Samuel has not officially rescinded his trade request, but the Niners are still hopeful they can mend the conversation, which is the same thing I've been hearing since the season ended, basically, since all this fluff came out about Debo Samuel, right? Um, Mike, what the hell was the point of this? What the hell was the point? Because he's basically just said this is the status quo.
2: I, I said this like four weeks ago, right? And then again, when he showed up to camp, the mandatory part, and I was like, look, everyone's happy that he showed up, but he didn't partake in any of the practice and he's not injured. I said, nothing's changed. He has not rescinded his... I asked, I think on this show, did he actually officially rescind his trade request? And if he didn't, then nothing's changed. He's just here so he doesn't get fined. He's doing a Marshawn Lynch. I, I'm going to sound like a Debo hater if I elaborate anymore. All I'm gonna say is we we have to be patient and see what happens. But I am I am content with what I've seen and heard. The Niners don't need Debo this year to be successful. He will be a major contributor if he's here. And this team is better with him. But they do not need Debo Samuel to be successful this season. That's all that's all I got. Because I don't I don't want to come off as a Debo hater. I like the young man. And regardless if he's here or somewhere else, I want him to get paid the way he feels he deserves to get paid. But he lost me a long time ago as far as like that rah rah support. I, the pom poms for Debo from me are gone. They've been retired. So, I, I
5: listen, y'all, y'all, anyone who's watched this show over the course of time knows how I feel about players doing crazy shit in terms, you know, of of maybe disrespecting a fan base or you know getting a little out of pocket. We all know what happened with Raheem Oster and that I was like, you know, it's it's similar to that just because of the way he conducted himself. And that's I'm with Mike in terms of like the the there's no pom poms for this anymore. Right. And I do think that nothing has changed from his front. He still is. He still probably wants to trade. The reason he shows up to, <laughs> Jay Morris, man, he is not a fan of yours. The reason that he's showing up is because he doesn't want to lose that accrued season, because if he misses mandatory time under the new CBA, he would revert to a restricted free agent, and that would cause him headaches that he does not want. His agent is telling him, show up to the facility, do the bare minimum that you have to do to be counted as there, and then we'll keep it going. Right. We'll we'll keep working on it, keep working on it. And I also agree with Mike that does Debo make the 49ers a better team? Yes. Will he be a huge contributor if he plays? Yes. But is Debo the difference between the 49ers being a playoff team and not being a playoff team? I don't think so. I think they have enough to carry them outside of that, particularly when you look at the positions of weakness that they've improved. Corner, they've shored up that wide receiver room with Danny Gray with Ray-Ray McLeod, you get another year developing of Juwan Jennings, the rapport that's developing between Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance. You look at all these things in conjunction and in combination, and it makes Debo Samuel, while the sting would still be there, it would be a little bit less than you would otherwise have it if Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be your starter or you hadn't gotten these other guys to come into the building. I'm not saying that he's not important to this team. I think we've all established that. I think, again, we can't say it enough because somebody will take this out of context. He is important to the team, but he is not going to break the 49ers if they end up moving him.
1: Okay, that was, that was yeah. I agree with everything you just said. I, I just think the situation has gotten completely out of hand. Um, we've talked about Debo overplaying his hand. We talked about the 49ers. Maybe they shortball them like they do this whole situation. Yeah, okay. The people are calling for it, so I'm gonna play it real quick. There we go. A nice Matt rant for the people. Give them what they want. Um, Big Pop says Melissa don't encourage him. (laughs) Uh, There was a the bussing with the boys they had George Kittle on and I believe they asked him about the Debo Samuel situation. I have not seen this clip yet, so we can go ahead and watch it together. And I want to get you guys' thoughts on it.
3: Uh, dude. Everyone loves Debo. I mean, and like, I also think that it's the NFL, like go get what you deserve, dude. Like Debo deserves to get paid a lot of money. And if, they don't want to pay you a lot of money. Do what you need to do, dog. Like, your locker's here. If you want to leave, hey, it's okay. Like, there's no bad blood with me. The the window to play NFL football and to get paid a lot of money is, like, this big for your whole life. you got to be incredibly selfish. You just have to. And, like, going through contract negotiations is incredibly difficult because you don't. I've never, like, I try my hardest to not be selfish ever. And so when you have to be selfish in that moment, it's really hard for a lot of guys. Like, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's a lot to go to contract negotiations. It's not a lot of fun. Best thing I ever heard, Richard Sherman told me it's like braces. It sucks the entire time then as soon as you get him off, you forget that you ever had him. Dude, everyone loves Debo. Debo's I mean it's very interesting.
1: To me, it's like he can say everything he just said while simultaneously disagreeing with the way Debo Samuels going about it. Uh Mike, I'll throw it to you first. What do you make of this? Did 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 George Kittle basically say, Hey, do what you gotta do, but come on.
2: See, I, I'm a cynic. George Kittle said, hey, do what you got to do, but if you want to leave, we don't need you. That's what I took from that. That's what I took from that. Now, there's another part in that. I'm, I'm actually sending you the clip right now. Okay. Uh, Zach, there's another There's another part in that where he says something that kind of bothered me, um, but it was basically saying, like, the Niners can't trade him now. He made it sound like he's untradeable. He's under contract, so he's here. Um, oh, you know what? I didn't uh, do a screen grab of it it was um i think i just posted the tweet and i don't oh wait no no i do have it i'm sending it to you right now on whatsapp but this all right so specifically what you just said george kittle i don't think is positioned to speak here um george kittle's negotiations were so good that he got 50 percent more than the next closest person to him Debo's not, that's not going to happen with Debo. So it's easy for him to say that. Now, both of these guys are older rookies. So they're, you know what I'm saying? Like this might be their last big contract. So I think George might be speaking from that perspective, right? George Kittle knows how old he was when he was drafted. Debo, not quite as old, but this might be his last big contract, especially if a team tries to give him a five-year deal, right? Like you're not going to get another contract like what you just got. The way you play isn't suitable for, what's going to happen down the road. Um so I respect everything that George Kittle said. The issue that I have with it is like it was kind of dismissive to me. It was hey, do what you got to do and whatever happens happens. That's not that's not the hey, we want this guy here, we need this guy here. I hope everything gets worked out. It's do what you got to do and get your contract. He he didn't say to get paid by the 49ers. He said to get paid in the NFL. It's 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 a you know, the window is this big. So I think George is saying, Hey, if you're after the money, if that's truly what you're most concerned about, you got to do what you got to do. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's here with the 49ers.
5: Well, and and, you know, I think there is something to be said about that about George Kittle being like, Hey, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Um, you know, no problem, no bad blood, whatever. But we also got to remember that there are reports, multiple reports, um, you know, maybe unsubstantiated, maybe someone has some good info that diva wasn't even coming to the table. So that means to me, maybe it's not about the money. Maybe it's about something else. And so George is saying, Hey, you can go and get your money. If it's about money, go get your money. Right. That's where I think the discrepancy is because George is like, if you're about your money, if you're about that, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. The thing that goes unsaid is if it's not about the money, what are you doing? Right, because George knows he's been through it. Fred Warner knows he's been through it. The 49ers will pay you. You go about it the right way, they will pay you. But when you're petulant and you're not even coming to, how do you expect to get a good contract offer if you're not willing to sit down with the team? Now, I don't know that 100%, right? That could very well be false information. It could be just speculative. It could be whatever. But if it was about being paid, I think there would have been some motion on, the trades, this and this and that. Because going back to even the beginning of last year, John Lynch was adamant about we got money in the budget for Debo. Don't worry about that. We got money in the budget for him. Right. So for for it to be just about money, that doesn't that doesn't jibe with me because I've seen what this team will do. They will take care of their players. Hell, Eric Armstead ass makes 20 million a year. They take care of their dudes. They might you know, be get really creative with the way the contracts work and if they front-load it or back-load it. But that's just like any other team that's trying to massage the cap in a way that can keep them competitive, right? Everybody we talk about Parag being a genius because of all this stuff. But listen, the 49ers aren't cutting or getting rid of dudes that produce.
2: Me and Jay agree on something. This is why I don't buy players' jerseys anymore. I'm over I'm over these guys. This is Jay, see Jay. Look, look at us. We're kindred spirits here, man. Stop hating on me, bro. I love you, man. Listen, the other thing, uh, Melissa said something a couple, a couple comments ago about how much better George was. Yes, exactly, right? Then Hooper, the difference is 50% more is unheard of for any position in the entire NFL. That has never happened in the history of the NFL until the, the salary caps like had that big boost. And then, you know, you saw a receiver just jump out the gate really quick, right? But then everything quickly caught up. That, that's un- 50. I can't, I, like, we're looking at it as, oh, it's just 15 million a year. It's 50% of a position. That's how these cap gurus look at it. That does not happen in today's NFL. That is literally insane. I'm not saying George Kittle didn't deserve to be the highest paid guy. He did because he was the best tight end in the NFL, right? But it's, it's how much of a better tight end are you? You're not, you're not 50% of the cap space better. And that, that was the only issue I had with it. And it's easy for, for Kittle to say, hey, go get your money, get your money. But I think that- he already got him. Right, especially because he already got it. But like you said, Matt, and that is like the point with it all, the Niners pay the guys that don't kick up dust. Kittle, quiet is kept. Went in there, played hard, played through injury, kept his head down. You didn't hear anything about that contract negotiation. And then, boom, it was a, a NFL record. And then they even reworked it again and made him higher paid than Travis Kelsey because Ka- Kelsey had his reworked after Kittles had his done. And they said, hey, no, 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 Kittle's still our dog. Boom. And they gave it to him again, right? Then you go out and you do the Trent Williams deal highest paid in his position. Kyle Juszczyk, highest paid in his position. Fred Warner, highest paid in his position until the next guy came over. Right. But my point Matt's point, they pay their guys. They don't have any qualms about it.
5: And when asked about it, they were like, Hey, we, we know it's going to get done. I'm worried about football. And with Debo, it seems like it's been about everything, but football. And what does it very well could be. I don't want to be the wide back. I don't want to be this. Well, why'd you give it a name? And if it's really about the football aspect, you don't think that the coaches would listen to you. Hey, man, like I really, I was beat up last year. I don't think I could go through that again. No problem. We just drafted another third round running back. No problem. We got these wide receivers that are going to take the top off so that you don't have to take slants in between three people and get crunched every time you touch the ball. No problem. You can work in space, this and this and that. But to me, it seems like it's not about football. It's about something else. It's not about football. I don't think it's about the money. And I think that that's why this clip is so poignant from George Kittle saying like, hey, I'm with you to get the money. If, if, if the key phrase to me is, if it's about money,
2: that's the key phrase. And I'm not sure that it is. And, so, is that, and before Zach jumps in, that lets you know that Debo's not even communicating with the players. Because Kittle is baffled still, if that's what it is. If Kittle had some insight there, then he would, I think he would have let that go because he's comfortable in this interview. Look at his body language, look how he's laid back. This is a video, this isn't just audio. He is comfortable, he's not pre-planning his thoughts or anything like that, he is telling you what he he knows and it's clear that he doesn't know what the hangup is. So I- I'm gonna shut up, go ahead Zach. All
1: right,
3: I'm gonna play the video, the rest of the appearance, about 23 seconds. What's gonna happen, and this is me not knowing anything, Debo's got another year on his contract left regardless, right? Mm -hmm. He's assuming he's not going to sit out. That's a lot of money. So he's either going to play this year as a Niner with one year left on his deal, or he's going to get a contract extension. At this point, you can't even trade him. What are you going to trade him for two, a first round pick next year's draft? That doesn't help us this year, right? Like, come on, you can't trade for future picks. Not right now.
5: I agree. This is a stacked roster. It doesn't help them. You're wasting another year of Trey Lance's rookie contract. I think Kittle is spot on on that. And here again is the re-emphasis. He says, I don't know anything, but right. It's another thing. You're, you're telling me one of the leaders, one of the biggest leaders on the team has no idea. That tells me that Debo's not talking and Debo's like keeping it in his camp. Um, but I agree with them. He's either going to play as an, I mean, and he has no he has no real leverage. Like I said, if he misses any mandatory time, the team has the option to make him a restrictive free agent based off of the collective bargaining agreement as it stands right now. They can also franchise tag him. He could very well be there. And again, the way that George said, what's he going to do? Sit out? That's a lot of money, right? Like he knows. He knows. The team is going to starve him out and he's going to have to play. So there's no impetus for the 49ers to trade him. He can keep the trade request out there all he wants, I think inevitably in the end, it's going to lead to a deal getting done. Um, but, it, you know, again, this to me reeks of something other than just money and football.
1: So Hung Fat says, where else does he make sense? Only with Kyle Shanahan in this offense, Miami and Green Bay can't afford or don't need him. I, I mean, we saw all these think piece articles coming out when the first initial reports that he wanted out came out. Where does he fit best? He fits best with the 49ers. They're doing exactly what he wants to do as a player. So what other team can you realistically look at that one can afford him financially, not only with money, but with draft picks and
2: two, he's going to fit into, go ahead, Mike, go ahead. The answer that no one wants to talk about, believe it or not, is Cleveland. I think Debo would be a great fit over there with someone like Russell Wilson i i think he be they like wait, you guys wait, wait, said
1: wait. cleveland
2: denver I, I'm, I'm no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry i i meant cleveland not d not denver but they lost jarvis landry obj is gone i think he would go over there and take them over the top especially if they have to rock out with someone like a jacoby Brissett
5: jimmy garoppolo
2: or thank you or jimmy yes I do they, the cap space is there. The need is there at the wide receiver position. Someone who can come in and take a, a mediocre quarterback and make him look like a star. I do think that there is the a fit somewhere else, but if that's, if that's what his angle is,
5: Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel for miles Garrett, who says no. The Niners, we
1: don't need them on that defensive line. They're already talented enough. No, and I'm just you f- I'm just turn
5: around. you turn around and you flip somebody else. Yeah. Cause miles Garrett and Nick Bosa would be a cheat code. Um, we, this MLB, GRP, HLDS,
1: we've gotten into the contract, what we thought it could be. I don't think we all want to go down the numbers again, but we've all gone pretty realistic with what we think
5: he deserves. It's going to be similar to the AJ Brown numbers. That's the most realistic that they're, that he's going to be able to get but less in my opinion. Well, I mean, yeah, he. it could be a little less. It could be a little more. It just depends on, the, you know, what side of the bed Parag wakes up on. Yep.
1: So it, it really is just a really unfortunate situation the 49ers have found themselves in because it seems like no matter what they do, he's unhappy. And I don't really know what it is. Melissa said it earlier. How do you go from, you know, and Mike, you mentioned it too, trademarking this whole wide back position selling merch that says wide back you get asked at the pro bowl oh i love it i'm a wide back i'm one of one you know and then the reports come out that you don't want to be used as a running back anymore and then you even kind of refute those on social media so this whole situation has just been like what the hell do you want what is it do you want you don't want to be in california no that's not it you want more money no it's not about money
5: you're not even answering phone calls what we heard i think someone is in his ear that that is not good to be in his ear whether that's his agent, whether that's somebody in his circle, like he very well, I do feel like at the Pro Bowl, he was into being wide back. He was into being one-on-one. And then a little bird hopped up on his shoulder and was like, they're not going to pay you the top wide receiver just because you're doing this stuff. Running backs don't make any money. Why do they think you're going to pay you? Because you're not going to last as long. Somebody's chirp, chirp, chirping, and that soured him to the whole idea. And I think that once he got on that slope, it's really hard to backtrack from that. And we all know, right, there are times where we fully believe something and then we're shown something the opposite. And what do we do? Do we say, oh, I was wrong? Not a lot of people have the the strength of character or will to do that. What they do is they dig their heels in and they double down and they're stuck on the mountain that they're stuck on. You know what I mean? And I think that this could very well be that type of situation, you know, young, young people, especially, you know, they don't have the experience or the wisdom to navigate some of these more nuanced situations. And I think that it's really easy for someone that it, that you trust to lead you astray because you're looking for guidance. You know, you're a guy that's like, man, I just want to play football and I want to make money and I want to do this. So how do I do that? You know, like, I mean, what would you do if you're, how many times have you asked that question? What would you do if you were in my shoes? Right. And all it takes is for the wrong person to say, well, this is what I would do. And Debo to be like, yeah, I respect you. Yeah. That makes sense. And then all of a sudden you're stuck in this situation. Um, I don't know if that's what's happening or not. It's what I would guess is happening, but it's just, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. And it just, it, it's lost him a lot of cachet with the fan base, in my opinion.
1: I agree. Um, Mike, I'm going to throw this question to you, but first, This is a really good point, something we've talked about, especially when all these came up. If another team wants Debo, they want him because of the way he was just used. They're not looking at Debo from his rookie and sophomore year saying, that's the player we want. They're looking at Debo from last year who had, what, like 400, 500 rushing yards, some ridiculous number, 1,400 receiving yards, whatever the hell he finished the year with. That's the player they want. And then you're telling me that you're going to go there and say, oh, I don't want to do any of that anymore. Sorry, that's not how it works. Mike. Is it because it's Jimmy's not the starter anymore?
2: I, I don't, I don't think that's it because if that's the case, he should have thrown a hissy fit when they traded up. He should have thrown a hissy fit when they drafted a quarterback. Right. And he, he didn't do any of that. Um, Now the key word in Jay Morris's thing here, which holds some validity and goes against what I'm saying is starter. Yes. They drafted Trey, but Jimmy was still the starter. So there is a slim chance that what Jay is saying here is, is valid, right? Like, it's is it because Jimmy's no longer the starter? But see, if Jimmy's no longer the starter, that means that, you know, you have a guy that can do things that Jimmy couldn't do, something different than what Jimmy was doing, right? Jimmy, I hate, this is going to sound wrong, and I don't have another way of saying it, but Jimmy made Debo. Jimmy's limitations, let me say that. Jimmy's limitations made Debo, right? The injuries to the run game made Debo the, the pro bowler, the, you know what I'm saying? Like it was because of what you did, the 1400 receiving yards, but the 488 or however many rushing yards it was, he had more rushing touchdowns than he had receiving touchdowns. That's saying something that is saying something right. And the truth is between Trey Lance, Danny green and Ty Davis price, you're not going to be using the run game the way that you were before. The, the way defenses play the, the 49ers is going to change. They're not stacking the box that way. They're not, you know, th- there was no deep threat that they were worried about last year. You know why? Because Jimmy couldn't deliver that way. So all of that changes now, and now things get moved around. It's a slim chance that what Jay is saying about the starter in particular is right. But I don't, I'm not hitching my career on a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sorry. That's, I, I don't know anyone going to bat for Jimmy that hard. That would be very, very ill-advised by uh, whoever is giving advice to Debo.
5: I wonder if he's trying to force the issue to get the most money that he can. For f- from your perspective, you know, when you say maybe it's about Jimmy because Trey can do things, because we've seen how many players have come out and said, "Oh, Trey, Trey's good. Trey's good. Trey's good." So for me to say, you know, that Debo would think that Trey is bad, that doesn't vibe, right? So I don't think it's necessarily that Jimmy is the starter because he doesn't think Trey is good. Maybe it's Jimmy is the starter he likes because Jimmy is so reliant on him where he knows Trey won't be. And a season of him not getting as much usage. Maybe it's not, hey, I don't want to be the wide back. Maybe it's, I don't want to be the wide back if I'm not getting targeted in the passing game because that's going to lessen my value. And he could be coming out. And I want to address this real quick because it's a big comment here. Davis Williams says, I think because we don't hear from him and think that the Niners aren't hearing from him, we start to make up any and everything. Media is notorious for blowing up the ambiguous. He's not talking, but there's enough crumbs and tea leaves that we're trying to paint a picture, right? We've always said this is speculation. This could be completely wrong, but we're not telling you, hey, don't think for yourself and don't read into a situation, you know, what you think you should read into it. We're trying to figure it out because it's just so confusing. So, and and,
1: go go ahead, Mike.
2: I was going to say, not only that, Debo comes out and refutes things online, but he won't come out and say what the issue is. So it's, 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 it's also, um, fueled by what he is saying online. Oh, I, I never said, you know, it was because of California. I never said it was because of. Yeah. And he he does it in such like a
5: dismissive and like a dismissive and like, like, holier than thou way like like he's thumbing his nose at the people who are trying to figure this thing out we're all just looking for information and he's quite frankly not providing anything that's worth a damn in terms of information i said this when i ranted about him if you want people to stop speculating about you then be clear about what it is you want and then there's no room for speculation but when you start doing these little breadcrumb shits we're all curious people, right? That's part of the human condition is we try to figure things out. You leave the breadcrumb, you leave the mystery, we're going to try to solve the mystery because that's just the way that people are. So if you don't want the mystery to be there, it's easy for you to fix it, and he's just not willing to
2: do it. Yeah, and Mizell, Kal-El, I saw I saw the comment there. I think you're wrong, Might Look back, uh, Debo wasn't the number one guy with Trey in the center. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, and that's what Matt touched on. Like, we spread the ball around a little bit more once they allow Trey to start passing the ball, right? So I think that's what Debo was worried. That's why I said that um, uh, Jay's comment could be right with the starter, the emphasis on starter there. I I was saying that that could be it, but it's just so slim. I wouldn't be pitching my paycheck and my future in the NFL on one guy and Jimmy Garoppolo in particular. I I wouldn't be doing that. If you want to go to a team with a bad quarterback so you can get more touches, then just say you want to go to, you know, wherever. I'm not going to say in teams, but then say that's really
5: important to some people, right? Some people are championship chasing. Some people want to get their money. Some people want the adulation of being known as one of the best to ever do it. And that, you know, precipitates them getting a lot of touches. Some people want the ball. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you leave it up to speculation, that's where people are going to try to fill in the gaps that you're leaving. And if you don't want that, it's an easy fix.
1: And what what the most unfortunate thing about all this, and we're going to move on to Titan University before wrapping things up, but is that when the reports initially came out, there were, I forget who it was, Jeremy Fowler, one of these, you know, ESPN NFL Network reports said, I just spoke to Debo Samuel. He confirms he wanted to be traded, blah, blah, blah. And then Debo comes out and said, man, these reporters just say anything for clicks. And Matt, we talked about this and we said, you know, Oof, getting a cramp in my leg. It's very likely that he can take what Debo Samuel said out of context and maybe twist his words a little bit, but you're not clarifying what was said. You're just saying, no, that's not true. This wasn't said. Okay. Then tell us what was. So we can all get the hell on the same page and move on because this shit is so frustrating and so annoying to consistently have to come sit in front of this camera and talk about every week and hear you guys chat. We're tired of talking, hearing about this. We're tired of talking about it. I promise you we're tired of talking about it. Hopefully this is, in the you know Ruby mirror very very
5: yeah tired of talking about where Jimmy Garoppolo's gonna go and if he's gonna be the starter tired to talk about oh Debo still wants a trade tired of this tired of that also by the way Zach lay off them liquid IV you probably got your electrolytes out of whack and you're getting I haven't trade. even had any recently honestly maybe then maybe you need to have one because you're your cramping <laughs> up Is weird are you are uh, you leaning forward in your chair on your tiptoes
1: yeah
2: actually yeah yeah oh don't do that either yeah, you're your stretch those legs out, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> got to get this angle right. All right.
5: So uh, no, but what what ahead. I'm saying is, listen, if you want things like we said, we're tired to talk about this. I would love to talk about something else. Right? Let's talk about man who is going to take over at the guard spot. Is Aaron Banks ready? But well, we never have time to get to that because we got to deal with this bullshit all the time right? Because we're trying to figure it out. And unfortunately for Aaron Banks and his quest to become the starting left guard for the San Francisco 49ers, I mean, you know, Debo Samuel and the quarterback position have a little bit more cachet. Um, So as soon as this gets figured out, it's, you know, I I would love to move on to something else. I just have a feeling that it's not going to get, you know, it's not going to get addressed until training camp opens. And we got another month for that. Yeah, Melissa, Zach Rant, I have I've had enough. I've had enough.
1: Um, all right. So let's get into Tight End University and then we'll wrap things up. Again, if you guys are here, you haven't hit like, you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. It really does help more than you think. There's not much we can do on YouTube to get us, you know, in the algorithm more, but those little things do help. So do us a solid and hit like, hit subscribe. Um Titan University was held this past week, um, definitely after our last episode. There are a couple episodes, I, or excuse me, a couple videos I want to play, um, specifically this one I thought was pretty cool, just seeing Josh Allen throw to George Kittle. I'm going to play it now. Yeah. Right. Uh, guys- Obviously nothing crazy, but Still fun to see because that's definitely not a um, combination we're going to see. But there were a bunch of players. Tight end you has really taken off. And shout out to George Kittle for organizing this whole thing. I think he's even got like sponsors now and stuff. But I saw Dallas Clark was there. um, Mo Alley Cox was there. Zach Wilson was there. Obviously, we just saw Josh Allen. Um, There were some Panthers that were there as well. And look, George Kittle, man, he's doing a good job of really building a name for himself in the NFL. and. Maybe he's got a job for him in the media when he gets out of this because he's so comfortable in front of the cameras. Uh, Matt, were there any takeaways from this? I don't even know if you looked into it much, but
5: I just think that it's something that he can do to stay involved with the game, perhaps once his his career is done, right? Um, you know, Tom Brady has TB12, but he's not really involved with like the training of players. Imagine George Kittle rather than being tied to a team is tied to a position. And rather than, oh, I'm tight ends coach of the 49ers, he's just I'm the tight end coach. I'm like the guys that fix everybody's throwing motion, but I'm doing it for tight ends and how they play the game and how we can advance the position. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have something that you are the proprietor and purveyor of, and your name is attached to forever. Um, I, I think that that's something that some of the best players in the world and some of the best business people in the world are good at is looking for opportunities to expand and broaden what they do, the audience they reach, and you know, the scope that they have in terms of their expertise. So I think it's just natural for George Kittle to grow this as much as possible. It started out as like, hey, tight end you, you know, there there were pro wrestling allegories and and there were, you know, attachments to it, but it's really turned into an actual business where a lot of players are showing up. Like you said, he's drawing sponsors, and I think that's really important for, for George Kittle to be able to do that. We've talked about it before, and I know Mike is on George Kittle sometimes about being a little bit little bit injured. The way he plays the game, longevity, I don't think is going to be something in his future. I don't think he's going to be one of these guys like uh, you know Antonio Gates who plays until he's like 38 years old. I don't think that that's in the cards for him. I'd say he has probably another five years left, um, maybe six with the way with how physical he is before you start to see like a real decline. And once he declines, at least he has tight end you to be able to work with people. So I think that this is just the start of a transition for him. So that that he has something after his playing days. So I thought Trey Lance was supposed to go to tight end university, but now that I think about it, I don't see any videos or
1: pictures of him being there, which is which is interesting. Um Mike, Nyerson just wanted to know if you were looking down or falling asleep.
2: No, I was, I, um, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, multitask all the time. I can't do just one thing or oh, yeah, I babe. get like crazy. And, uh, I just noticed that Streamyard took $500 out of my account and I have, Whoa. yeah, I have no idea why, like no clue why at all. So I was talking to customer service here. I, I apologize. About no, that. no, no. You're good. Um, it was just a joke. No, but it, that that's, I, they're, they said, they're, they're saying they're looking into, I'm talking about the, uh, I'm talking to customer service, like through the live chat now. Um, Do they even have
1: a package that costs five hundred dollars?
2: No, and that—that's what I don't understand. I mean, I pay for everything for the whole year, but I don't. There's nothing that they have that is close to that amount. So, um, what what was uh so you? I'm sorry, you guys were saying that uh, he didn't make it to Titan University. I don't think
5: he did, right, Trey Lance? Did you guys see any? Honest, I didn't see anything, but I could see that. For Trey Lance, that he would be like George. I really appreciate the invite. I'm trying to make sure that I do the best that I can as the as the starter for the 49ers. I'm trying to work through whatever, whatever,
2: whatever. Well, that's what I was going to ask you guys. What's more important to Trey Lance is is it is it working with his core of receivers and running backs, or is it going to work with George Kittle, maybe Dwelly if he's there, and then a bunch of other guys that are in the NFL? Like, I'm not not for nothing. Like. I, I you know, we saw the video. Cool, nice, you know, 10 yard pass from from Josh, Josh Allen and George Kittle, but that helps us zero during the season. So if I mean it, it's nice to go for the camaraderie and all that stuff, but uh we know that he stayed back. You know, they said that, you know, the uh the what was it, OTAs or whatever was over, and he stayed back for the next week to work with more players. I think that's more important for a guy stepping into the uh the leadership and, you know, starting quarterback role than it is to attend, uh, you know,
5: or he could be working with a mechanics guy, right? Those vaunted, those vaunted mechanics. And you keep working Mm -hmm. on those things. Trey Lance to me from all accounts seems like he is one of those guys. That's a little bit of a workaholic. That's always going to try to improve himself rather than, and and, you know, for as much as, as it is um, something important for Trey Lance or, I mean, excuse me, George Kittle, To have founded something like tight end you and this and this and that at this point, really, it is kind of like a celebrity showcase in terms of the who's who of the NFL rather than like a nitty gritty, like yeah, actual coaching thing. And so for Trey Lance coming into his first year as a starter, I just think that it's better for him. And I think he knows this, too, that it's better for him to work on how he can help the 49ers rather than kind of do this a little frilly publicity show. And that's no disrespect to tight end you because it's like George Kittle's made something awesome out of it and fun for everybody. I just don't think that Lance is interested in fun right now when he knows that his future is riding on how he comes out of the gate.
1: It's just strange because in May, I think he was on the Pat McAfee show, George Kittle. And he said, I have three quarterbacks confirmed for you, or excuse me, this is pro football talk. I have my husband, CJ Beathard. I have my husband, Nick Mullins, and I have my husband, Trey Lance. It comes down to tight end university. Zach Wilson is about 99%. He's trying to decide whether he, or whether or not he wants to come back from Cabo. I said, Zach, you're coming back from Cabo. And the last thing I'm working on is Josh Allen. He's trying to see if he can make it work. So Kittle had said previously that he was coming. So obviously something happened between then and now to where he wasn't able to make it, but I agree with you, Matt. It is kind of more like a, it, it, to me, I got the vibe, like a red carpet event, like, Oh, look who's showing up at tight end you like there's a bunch of pictures and videos. And while they're sharing tips and tricks and, and you know, of the, tr- of the uh, trade, they're not necessarily getting better as a team. So I have no problem with him not being there. Um, Cause it really was just kind of a who's who of the NFL and who you're friends with, with that said, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you two wanted to discuss before wrapping things up here?
2: Mike? I actually, so Matt, like, kind of teased it, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the guard position and the center position, uh, your levels of concern for it, right? Like we, so we know, we hear that Jake Brindell is the guy that's going to be taking over as of now. The Niners aren't, they don't seem to be interested in, in J.C. Treader. Um, and then Aaron Banks is the guy that seems to be stepping in at the left guard role, right? We don't know who's going to be playing right guard as of now, but, you know, uh, your your guys' thoughts on the interior offensive line. I can't even say interior because even the Mike McGlinchey thing and the injury and the rehab, like, that that seems to be a major concern also. Um, is, the, is the offensive line more integral to the, our success than Trey Lance even? Like, I mean, how do you guys look at this? I think they go hand in hand.
5: I think that Trey Lance's success is going to be contingent upon an offensive line um, that is going to protect him. And there are a lot of questions. I just think at this point in time, you can say whoever you want is, Oh, this guy's a front runner. This guy's a front runner, but, with only one mandatory OTA you're not really going to know until you get the pads on in July and everybody starts hitting and working and you get Nick Bosa there and, and, you know, you get some of the starters that are trying to work themselves into shape and you really see in, you know, 11 on 11s when like what is happening, you know, or even with the, the like the joint practices where you're going against other teams, the preseason games become infinitely important because it's one thing to look good with shorts and shells on, right? Like, but when you put the pads on, that's when you're going to know, all right, who's a guy that's in it to win it. And who's a guy that's, you know, going to be somebody that you can, you can pass by the wayside. It, it's going, time will tell, but it's definitely my right now. I am more concerned about the offensive line performing well than I'm concerned about Trey Lance performing well.
1: I agree. It it really does scare me the, the thought of guys like Jake Burdell getting starting snaps for an extended period of time. And we, you know, talk about JC or whatever, doesn't seem like the 49ers have any interest in going out there and signing a veteran or anyone that's out on the, on the open market. And I really just have to ask why, what is it about these guys that you have that are completely unproven that you feel so comfortable putting in front of your essentially rookie quarterback a young quarterback with almost no experience, one year in college football, and what, four, three, four games in the NFL with some snaps here or there. I would have liked for them to really address this, either in the draft or in free agency. But like you said, maybe they're thinking Aaron Banks, um, the other guy that they drafted on the offensive line. I'm totally blanking on his name right now.
2: Well, they drafted a couple of guys on the off. Uh, you have from last year. Last year, yeah. Uh, oh, so I'm sorry. So there's Burford. Um, they have, uh, God damn, what's the other guy's name? Oh my God. Um, not my Fuck. I'm blanking also. It's, it's
1: fine. But yes, maybe they're just really invested in these guys and thinking, Hey, no, we already addressed this last year. We can just finally plug and play. They got a little bit of experience. They got a full year in an NFL system. That's all we were waiting for them to get. I don't know. I, I really don't know, but it does Nick concern me. Zakelj, Yes. So it's concerning. It really is concerning. And I don't see a lot of fans.
5: It's, you know, it's interesting though, the way they drafted in the draft, they drafted people like Danny gray, who could stretch the top of a defense. They signed Ray, Ray McLeod who could stretch the top of a defense. It's interesting to me that they don't seem quite as concerned about it on the front as we do as fans. And I wonder if there's something to be said about that, that if like maybe Aaron banks really did show them something that he's improved. Or something like that that makes them feel comfortable I know that Kyle talked about I think it was at the coaches thing the coaches whatever the meeting or whatever they had with like the luncheon or whatever it was where or even OTAs where he said that you know McGlinchey was looking like he was you know on target to, to be back and that it was he said it's comforting to me to see him look like he's an offensive lineman that he's like actually big so you know take that for what you will um I don't know. I I feel like they've thrown enough at it. I mean, you know, West is there that they signed to a hundred thousand dollar guarantee, which is uh, not anything really, but for an undrafted free agent guy, it is. Um, They've, they brought in a bunch of undrafted guys. They drafted a couple guys. They still do. There are still going to be guys that get cut in training camp. There's options there. I just don't think that we're going to know until they start hitting each other. Like that's going to be the real big thing for them.
1: Yeah. This is a, Peter Penancey, sorry, real quick, Michael, uh, Peter Penancey of, um, let's see, sorry, fan-sided, and this is his kind of ideal 49ers offensive line situation, Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Alex Mack, well, Alex Mack I mean, Mac is gone so. this is from May, so obviously disregard that, but the other ones that I was wanted to get into were down here, uh, Beerford, Jaquelge, Poe, West, um, School, McKibbitts, and Jake Brindell, so.
5: That's kind of I the think whole. Employ, I think they're employing a throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks
2: for the interior. Wayne uh, Wayne was on our show a couple of weeks ago, and he pointed something out to me with with Trent Williams not being there for the early parts of OTAs and all. Um, I think it was McKivitz that was playing left tackle, Aaron Banks at right guard, uh, Brindell at center, Brunskill at right at right guard. I, I said right guard twice, but I meant. You know aaron banks at left guard um and then i forget who was playing right tackle but he pointed out that um he pointed out that this is the line that trey lance has played with his entire time here because he was the backup and so he has a rapport with that offensive line and all the replacements that are there already um and that that says something he worked with them all year last year, right? So the starters play with the starters, the backups play with the backups. Whether you're doing scout team or whatever, but you know, even if the second team is asked to prepare the starters for whatever, that's the line that he worked with. And then you know, you hear the echoes in your head of Fred Warner saying he was torching our defense. So this offensive Which makes line makes you think the line was doing their job, right? Right. And so that 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 all bodes well if what everyone is saying is true. You know, you put all that together. uh, If if what everyone's saying is true, maybe we don't miss a beat. You know, maybe that offensive line is, I'm not going to say an improvement, but maybe it's just as good. Maybe it's just as good. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what actually happens going forward with this offensive line. And uh, Wayne definitely, like, comforted me in that because I was nervous as hell. I was like, yo, we're going to have at least three starters that are different. And that makes me nervous. And then Wayne was like, yeah, but even if it's three, those are the guys that he worked with all last year he knows them, and they know him and his tendency, so I was like, "Wow, that's a great point, so I uh, just want to leave everybody with that thought you know go, getting heading out of here,
1: yeah, definitely appreciate you bringing that up um yeah, Melissa, we'll definitely get some fans on here. We haven't discussed it, but totally something we could do um we we have a lot of fun when we have you guys on, so if you guys are interested, tweet at us, comment here, whatever you wanna to do, we'll definitely set that up um." Also, just one last thought on the whole offensive line situation. Maybe they're valuing the fact that Trey Lance can extend plays with his legs that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't. So maybe they're saying, hey, kid, I know we got a lot on you, but we're also counting on you to maybe roll out, maybe step up, maybe get a feel for this pocket when it's breaking down. Whereas we know Jimmy Garoppolo had almost no pocket presence.
5: And to that end, look at the running backs that they've drafted now, too, who are a different style of running back than they've had before maybe they're going to change some of the run block fits and the, the schemes and, and they want a different style of offensive lineman to be on the interior. So there's a lot of moving parts here. And like I said, I don't think that it'll be um, noble until we get into training camp and things start shaking out when they put the pads on.
1: Yeah. With that said, We got to get into the gold stamp. Let's thank our sponsors, Acre Gold. Today's episode is brought to you by Acre Gold. You can now buy gold for as little as $50 a month. You no longer have to fork out hundreds of dollars of gold. And especially right now with the economy not doing so great, the value of the dollar going down. Get you something that lasts in value like gold. Matt calls it our gold stamp because it's small. It's two and a half grams of gold. It's a little gold bar. I got about five or six of them here. But once you reach the market price of two and a half grams, Iger Gold will privately send you your gold bar. So get your money's worth today, guys. Click the link in the description. Start buying gold for as little as $50 a month. Also, we don't have any new merch, but if you want to check out our merch that we do have, click the link in our Teespring store. Use code RGS. 15 as in one five that will get you 15% off your entire purchase thank you everybody thank you Matt thank you Mike it's always a blast having you guys on oh 49ers throwback you are totally right we are also brought to you by 81 by Terrell Owens so click the the description if you type in code 49ers hive you'll get 10% off your entire purchase free shipping on two or more bottles shout out to 81
2: by Terrell Owens they would not get back to me man i'm proud of you guys man that's some good (laughs) shit right there they responded initially and i'm like all right let's make something happen and i never heard anything so that's really good they they were really cool they reached out right away
1: and i'm like oh my god yeah how can i help like i you know i don't drink wine but hey i love troll owens so let's do it all right mike i'm sure everybody knows let the viewers know where to find you on twitter youtube etc
2: Yeah. Formerly 49ers Mike underscore NFL. The new handle is right here, guys. I am Mike Andrews 83. Uh, You guys can give me a follow over there. And if you want to follow the main page, guys, it is nothing but Niners that is spelled nothing but nine E.R.S. Thank you. Uh, So you guys can give me a follow over there and we will be live on YouTube Tuesdays, Thursdays and some bonus days. We also have the Patreon account. Make sure you guys head on over there. And listen, Melissa, the Manscaped commercials were a lot of fun, but they, they don't quite uh, want to do what we need them to do anymore. There's only so many ball trimmers you can send me. I'm sorry, like at a certain point, it's gotta be more about the product, uh, less about the product and more about the, the the paid advertisements and they didn't wanna do that. So you know that that's kind of why it went away. Um, but I wanna thank you all for accepting me here with the 49ers High family, man. I'm happy to be a part of this and expect to see more mashups the other way. All right. Time to bring those guys to our channel and even on the Patreon content. So make sure you guys are tuned in, locked in, and uh, we'll see you guys over there on that side also.
5: All right. Matt, you want to carry us out? Absolutely. Uh, listen, we love having Mike here. Um, we're going to make this collaboration happen. It's you know been a long time coming that we head the other direction. Thank you so much for joining us on a Sunday night. It's been a wonderful time with y'all. We went almost an hour and a half. We talked about some pretty uh, pretty important subjects. We got a little loose in some areas, you know, kept it tight in some others, but that's how we do. Um, so follow us all on our socials. You know, stay tuned because we're going to keep coming back to you. That being said, thank you as always for joining us. We love having you here. And until next time, go Niners.
4: This is Kirk Henderson from Pod Maverick, a Dallas Mavericks podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, Go to WeFunder.com slash
0: BlueWire.